Hey, this is Steve-O from Clipwing and In Two Months, and I want to invite you down to the Beer Boutique at 910 Region Avenue. We're your premier destination for all malted beverages in Winnipeg, Manitoba. Pride ourselves in providing a unique experience for each person who walks through our doors. So whether it's local, craft, succulent cider, or seasonal refreshments, we carry the brands you seek as well as those you've yet to discover. Come see us soon at 910 Region Avenue. That's the Beer Boutique. See you on the other side. On this episode of the podcast, I caught up with the hardest working man in the Winnipeg music scene. Greg Rikis is on the verge of releasing a new record with his band The Inside Job called Death and Taxes, and then he's headed off on more of his non-stop globetrotting tours in 2020. Greg has been one of my favorite people to talk to ever since I first met him back in the 90s, and he's one of those people who's welcome on the podcast anytime. I can only dream about hustling as hard and having as much of a positive attitude with this podcast as Greg does with his music. If you're listening to this podcast on the day it comes out, which is Wednesday, January 8th, first of all, Greg's album is available now. You can find it on Bandcamp. You can find it on all the streaming services. Uh, It comes out today in all of those formats. And you can also pick up a copy at his show tonight, which is taking place at Sukram's Brewery with Gratoko opening. Like I said, Greg's one of the best people to have on the podcast. He's someone who's been dedicated to the punk scene in Winnipeg and beyond for literally decades. And I'm always happy to have him on the show. And I hope you enjoy the episode. Thanks for listening. Get up off your ass and get up on the podcast Which police radio Which police radio Which police radio Which police radio Get up off your ass and get up on the podcast Which police radio Alright, welcome to Witch Police Radio. I am high above the goodwill. Uh, not really that high above it, I guess, but above the goodwill. As high as you can get. I guess you could go on the roof. Probably. but I don't know how to get on the roof. Let's just say this is as high as, as high you can As high as you can get, get. Yeah. yeah. And I'm here with, a, I guess, a familiar voice to a lot of Winnipeggers. Uh, you've been on the show two or three times now, I think. And I think so, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And uh, so I'm talking to Greg Rikis, who, you know, again, is, I think you've been in this Winnipeg music scene for... Forever. A couple yeah, decades yeah, now, feels, at least, right? So, I yeah. mean, not as long as some, but... Yeah. Uh, I think I'm probably rounding almost my 25th year. I think so, yeah, yeah. Because, yeah. I mean, we started first started, we first met each other in shows in, like, the late 90s, right? Yeah. Like some of those those Guy Named Greg Productions shows. Yeah, stuff, yeah, right? yeah. That's where I was talking to someone the other day. That's yeah. where it all started. Yeah, and that was, pretty, yeah, it was over 20 years ago, which is crazy. But Wow. So you're still doing it, and you have a new record that is coming out right away. I do, yeah, yeah. This this Wednesday is the, the official release and there was a bit of a, there's some places online you can already hear it just yeah. as a soft release, I'm doing air quotes. But uh, Wednesday is the big, uh, the show in Winnipeg cool. and the big kickoff for the tour. Oh, cool, okay. And uh, unfortunately I won't have the vinyl until February. That's, if anybody out there has ever tried to get vinyl pressed. Yeah, it's one of the hazards, forever. right? You gotta wait for all the big labels to do theirs first. Yeah, then, yeah, yeah, so there'll be there'll be another show in February and the big, like, the band show that we're really gonna push will be kind of the end of this big touring okay. chunk that I'm doing this this first half of the year. Uh, uh, late May, we're going to do something at the daughter. Oh, cool. Okay. That's way in the future. We're barely yeah, that's, even that's, planning it. Yet. Yeah, that's like summer, basically. Yeah, 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 exactly. But, I mean, I guess it's worth noting that this is the second album you've done consecutively with the band. Yeah, yeah. It's actually the third. Oh, is it really? Because the I did Punkoustic, right. which, which was fabulous. Yeah. And then, I guess you're right, because this is the same band now. Okay. Punkoustic was more hired guns. But like Punkoustic didn't have the band's name on the album cover, right? Exactly, that's, that's the, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. It was uh, my friend Nick, who used to play in a band called the Johnsons. Okay. He played with this as a standoff. He played all these great bands. 
he came in from Edmonton to do that record. Oh, cool. And then uh, the the one, the only Mikey Erg was going to play drums, and he got denied into Canada. Oh, really? Okay. So luckily, uh, Jamie, uh, uh, one of a friends and a hired hired gun drummer, uh, was able to do it last minute. Cool. And like, just amazing. He was just, basically, the third time he played the songs was when we laid it down. Nice. That's, that's always good to have in the back pocket, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah and yeah. then Sibling Cities, uh, Eric, who I've been playing with for forever now, yeah. he was on that one. And then Tab, who had been playing in the band for at least a year, was on, sure. on that one too. And now this lineup is even slightly different. It's still Eric and me. Um, a good friend, Laura, who moved here from Ottawa. Okay. I uh, used to play in a band called uh, Jeff Becker in the Northfield. Uh, she uh, she took a bass oh, cool. and okay. uh, to join the project and sings backup and then of course Daryl Daryl yeah Riley playing sax on, yeah on sax yeah. which is amazing and he sings backup too it's and, such a cool sound to, I mean because I think a lot of people when they think about you they think either bands like High Five Drive and stuff that you were in you know quite a while back now I guess mm-hmm. or the acoustic thing with the stomp box right and there's maybe solo act versus bands you were in and now you have a band again yeah and it's like a very distinct and even on this record it's it's very different than the last one yeah which yeah, is I, super cool like I think so too I, it had to go somewhere because Punkoustic and Sibling Cities although very different tones yeah. they were still like me bass player drummer you know yeah, yeah. and Daryl jamming on yeah. sax on a tune or two so I really wanted it to go somewhere more than just like, oh, no, do we add another guitar? No, no, no. Yeah. And uh, Daryl really, really was into joining join the band. He really wanted to play like with us Like being a permanent more. member of the, yeah, yeah. Exactly. So he started jamming with us and right there and there, I was like, wow, like this is, this yeah. feels great. This yeah. is, I think, what it's supposed to be. And uh, the record came together over the last year, more or less. I, I don't do a lot of writing after a record. I like to leave big gaps okay. so you can kind of, you know, grow as an artist. Well, and... I guess you spend a lot of time touring still, too, right? Yeah. So those gaps are probably taken up just with being on the road. Exactly, exactly. And then the last year, I just focused on, like, writing and trying to figure out, you know, every little riff that came to mind, every yeah, dumb yeah. line I jotted down in the notes in my phone. Yeah. And uh, the summertime, it just, like, Every week there was a new song. It was it was crazy. I loved it. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, like just a creative period, I guess. Right? You get yeah, yeah. Yeah. Once it starts, it's just a flood. And yeah. like every week there was a new song at the at the jam space, and it just really came together. And we we spent about six days rehearsing it. Okay. And uh, we tracked for two days for the beds, and then the other eight days were like sax, vocals, overdubs. Cool. There's an organ track in there. If you listen really closely, it's kind of an Easter egg on the album. Well, there's one that has like a tin organ. whistle or something going on too. Right? Yeah, 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 that yeah. was Daryl on the, oh, the really? penny okay. whistle. Cool. Yeah, yeah that, that that was unexpected. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's actually a Pogues cover. Okay, it makes a lot of sense then. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, sure, yeah, yeah. He he really wanted to. He was gonna do a sax part, and he just like went out and bought this thing. Cool. Learned how to play it. In, like, is two it the days. same fingering or something? Is it? Sax I think it's it similar. Be, yeah. yeah, or it's at least. I mean, Daryl's just one of those people, right? He's can play so a lot of stuff. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think that listening to this even more than than Sibling Cities, it sounds more like a band record than just a solo record with other guys right yeah and i I don't know if that was like did you have to write the songs differently to get that sound or is it just out of like um i guess familiarity with playing with those those people maybe a little of both like there are a few songs on the album that are just hard to pull off just me sure um i've 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 had a kazoo forever it's been kind of a a goofy little thing i pull out and I actually bought a special holder for it that attaches to the mic stand. Okay. And now it's more of a feature instrument when I'm solo because you got I have so much to fill in. Sure. Yeah. You got to put a sax part in. You got to put an organ part in. Exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. There's a lot more going on, which I mean is is great. I, I feel it's also more of a, a collaboration, and not that uh, the album that that Tab Eric and I wasn't. Yeah. But there were a lot. I, I guess we were jamming a bunch. There was a lot more ideas kind of being tossed around, and I feel 
more we all kind of had a part with it where, as you said before, I just kind of brought a song to the jam space. Tab come up with a awesome yeah. bass, yeah, bass yeah. riff. She can sing back up no problem. And then Eric's awesome on drums. But this was a lot more probably us doing it as opposed to okay. just me. Were there different, uh, like, were you listening to different stuff when you put this together? Oh, too? yeah, yeah. I was all over all over the place. I'm a big fan of John Prine, and okay. that was a big influence on a few songs on this record. And I wanted it to be, I wanted it to be punk. I was very yeah. much like, this has got to be a punk record. Which is a weird connection between John Prine and punk. Because yeah. John Prine, I mean, like, I mean, unless you're hearing something different in his music than I am, no. he's about as far from punk as you can get, like, sonically at least, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think some of the ideals, like folk music, punk music, it's all about, oh, yeah, like, yeah, the yeah. government, right? Sure, and, sure. Love, um, love political jousting and everything in between. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. Uh, so, but I love, I just I love how he makes this song. Every song he does is like a familiar song. It's classic, right? It's classic chords. It's a classic folk song. Yeah, yeah. So I really wanted a couple of the songs to be kind of, this is a song that when you hear it, you feel like you've heard it before. Okay. So I tried to capture that on a few of the kind of more folkier ones. Are those the ones that lend themselves more to you playing them solo too? That is also, yeah, those are a lot easier to pull off solo. Okay. Um, one of my favorite is track four. It's called Smart Ones. Okay. And it starts with bass. It's just a cavalcade of, of madness. Like, I love it <laughs> so much. And there's even a horn arrangement that, that JP arranged oh, and well, stuff. Oh, cool, like, cool, cool, cool. Um, and so, like, really, really like it. Can I pull it off by myself? Not really. With the horns if, and stuff. If the yeah. audience was singing along, then perhaps it would be easy for me to just kind of fake it in front of them. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. It's one of those songs that... You know, like we were saying, like this is very much a band song, and if Elman screams out, I'll play it, but it's definitely not on the set list for any of my solo stuff. It's a waste of my time every time, cause there's bandages under my head. It's a painting, constantly repeating, better wasted or better I'm dead. So why do you think I'm
do you still consider yourself a punk artist? Is that where you I think so, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm, this record sounds more punk than probably the last few, I think. But yeah. Just in terms of energy and stuff, right? But I, I think so, too. I still identify with the punk scene. Yeah. And I still feel, like, lucky to be a part of it. I'm... I mean, I'm not old, I'm not young, I'm somewhere in the middle, yeah. dare I say middle-aged. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so at, at, it's at a point where, okay, well, the younger people, I'm obviously way older than yeah. them, so I don't know if we're necessarily on the same level a lot of time. And the older people have kind of grown up, so it's the yeah, same thing. Yeah. Like, you feel kind of alienated in some way. Well, you're floating in this weird limbo, right? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. At the yeah. same time, I'm way younger than any dudes in Bad Religion or Fat Mike. Sure, like, sure, and they're still doing know, it. They're still plugging away, yeah. Exactly, yeah. so I don't feel like I can't. It's just, you, you kind of become a different fixture in the scene. Like, sometimes one of my big fears is that one day I'll be kind of the old guy in the scene that, like, everybody knows but no one invited kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I hope I'm able to stay somewhat relevant to the point that everyone is, like, appreciates that I'm still part of the scene and not an annoyance and, like, it's time to move on. Do you think that, like, it's easy, it's an easy thing to do as far as, like, what you're playing to to sort of be the type of artist that can play with these 20-year-old bands? I think so, and I think... um, like once when High Five Drive came to an end, it was it was really hard because I we all put so much work into yeah, that yeah. band, but I don't think any of us were really getting what we wanted out of it, and it kind of had something had to happen. Yeah, and um, ending the band, you know, like looking back on it, at the time, it was like was it the right thing? You know, it's a shame, but looking back on it now, I think we were all happier, kind of moving on to something else. Yeah, yeah, and. Um, Kind of going with like now I'm I'm my name right instead of being a project name it's just my name just for you, it. Yeah. Doing acoustic I can kind of do it whenever I want because it's only me. Yeah. And I also well that makes touring way easier. Yeah. I also look up to people like Chuck Reagan who yeah, sure. I mean Hot Water Music is still active but he still does tons of acoustic stuff maybe even more than Hot Water yeah. Music and he does it very very well right Dave Huss another sure I'm a huge sure. fan of yeah and uh, I think he does tour with a band a lot more. However, it's still like the him show. Anytime he wants yeah, to show yeah. with an acoustic and he rules. He's yeah. an amazing songwriter, great well, performer. I think a great example of that is not in the punk realm, but in the like the ska reggae realm is uh, Vic Ruggiero from the Slackers. Mm-hmm. He does, t- I mean, he played in my backyard a couple years ago. Yeah. And it was like amazing. It was, you know, he, he, it sounded just as good as when I saw the Slackers full band thing. It was almost better because it was this intimate little show and he's playing songs that you're familiar with as a fan of his bands and then he's playing other stuff that you would never have heard before. And yeah. And like, I mean, you have the potential to do that. You could play a High Five Drive song if there's High Five Drive fans in the crowd. You could yeah. play, you know, you have a big catalog. You play anything from any of those records and yeah, or do something completely new. Yeah, it's also so much fun to do those shows and it's harder to do it when it's a band because yeah. bands are loud and a lot of times when you have all those members, you know, to kind of make enough money at yeah. a house show to yeah. kind of keep yeah, the band sure. running. And the politics of people deciding what songs they want to play or what direction they want to go. You kind of have this... Yeah, yeah, and it's so easy to show up at someone's house and have a great time with everybody. Yeah. And, you know, I really appreciate that too of being a solo thing. And the the shelf life of it, I mean, as a solo artist, you can go in so many directions, totally, right? Yeah. Like, how many solo artists were totally different until, you know, one record just kind of clicked? Or, yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, or, or keep changing. I mean, like, look at someone like Neil Young, right? Mm-hmm. From album to album. It'll be like a super heavy album. Then it'll be a country album. Then it'll be a weird electronic album. And he just puts out, like, just a crazy amount of records. Whatever and, he and wants. he's yeah. been doing it for 50 years. Like, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Like, I, at some point, I imagine that my body is just going to give out and I won't <laughs> be able to do this. Yeah. But, you know, we're talking, like, 60s here. Like, this yeah, yeah, is yeah, yeah. literally a lifetime away still. And kind of like, okay, you know, the first chapter was like a lot of band stuff, a lot of touring. You know, now I'm kind of in the middle of this solo guy record. What's after that? Yeah. Like, do I keep doing the solo thing? Do I change to something else? You start but, a new band doing some completely different style of music? Yeah, yeah. But it's nice to always have that that option to like 
you know, I'm Greg Rikas, right? Yeah, you yeah. have the name. You're not necessarily relying on a band or something like that. No, you're, you're relying just, on your own identity. Right? Yeah, you're always yourself. And exactly, I'll, I'll always have the identity I have. Yeah, sure, right? sure. So, well, I mean, I can totally imagine you playing shows at 60. Like, that, does, that doesn't seem... And I think there's maybe not a lot of people in the local music scene that I could say would definitely be doing that. But it won't shock me at all if, you know, 20, 30... 40 years from now, you're still up there doing something, right? Yeah, so. yeah, exactly. And that, that's the the other scary part is one day booking that tour yeah. where, like, all the people that used to book you are gone, all the new people sure. don't really like you, and you kind of, you're trying to, like, almost grandfather yourself in yeah. to, like, can I still be relevant in the scene because of how long I've been in this scene? And I guess that's a big question. Do you think it helps, though, that the fact that you're not... I don't know, the best way to explain is that you're not you're not famous, right? I mean, you are a guy who's been you're you've been successful, mm-hmm. but I think you're at a level where you probably can keep going like that. I mean, I think if someone had had this massive success and then gets a bit older and starts doing the solo thing, it would be a lot easier for them to kind of slip through the cracks. You know what I mean? Yeah. But you've had this like sustained career at a certain level you're at with a certain amount of name recognition, and that might be able to propel you more than someone who has to take a big drop, right? Yeah, exactly. I think a lot of times, too, if you get, like, the, that person, person X, who gets super, super big, yeah. it's really tough to come back down, right? Like, yeah, they just, just quit, your own, right? Yeah, yeah your yeah. own ego. It's so hard to accept that, like, you used to play for thousands, now you play for dozens. Yeah, yeah, right. And someone like me, who have, I've I've had pretty neat gigs, like, in Europe last year, I opened for Propaganda. It was like yeah, a that's huge. That's crazy, yeah. But, you know, that's that one show. Like, most of my shows are just 10, 20 friends. Yeah. And we're just hanging out and having a good time. And I really like that and I appreciate it. And I also think it's at a level where I have control. I can do it as much or as little as I yeah, as yeah. I really want. I mean, the more I do it, the more it kind of keeps going. But there's no rules or anything. There's no expectations. Yeah. And th- there's a huge price on that. I think w- a, if you're a large artist on a label with a booker, you kind of have bosses. Yeah, totally. You know, yeah. And I kind of just... I do this because it's fun and You're I love it. You're self-employed, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And I hope someone likes my music. That's kind of yeah, yeah. the end of the day. I will confess, if nobody was ever buying my records nor listening to music, yeah. I probably wouldn't do it anymore. Okay. I don't do it just for myself. I do it because I think I give something to the music scene. And I mean, I definitely take back something. I love, yeah. you know, like... Music is huge. It's gotten me through some tough times. It just keeps me going. Well, there's no way you'd still be doing this if it wasn't, right? I mean... Yeah, yeah. exactly. So I think that's that's also a huge part of, like, keeping it going, right? Like, yeah. is, is this still worth it? And yes, it is. That's cool. It's, it's good to hear, I guess. I mean, because... Mm. I mean, I, as someone who played in bands when you started playing in bands, and it's been a long time since I've played in I mean, I'm doing this, which is kind of the equivalent, yeah, I guess. Yeah, exactly. But, but yeah. still, like, I mean, you know, uh, most people that I knew from back then, they're not doing it anymore. There's, there's a few. There's definitely a few. Yeah. But, like, it's every year there's less and less. So it's, yeah. It's, I feel also so lucky at the level I'm still getting to do it. Like, this will be my 11th Europe tour. I've, I don't wow. know how many times I've been across the States and everywhere. Yeah, that's crazy, yeah. And it's it's hard. Like, I've definitely had to make compromises in my life. I don't know if I'll ever own a house necessarily. Sure. I'm kind of, a lot of times I'm just kind of staying whoever will, you know, house me for that, that yeah. period until the next tour starts. And my job, I've had to kind of tailor my job around a touring schedule. So I've lucky enough that I found a great place to work that's very supportive. And, you know, as long as I'm there in the summer when they're super busy, they don't want to give me time off. And that's, I think, advice if anyone is trying to figure out, like, well, how the heck would you, where to even start? Find a job that is feast or famine, where either you're so busy that they could use two of you, or it's so dead they don't mind if you disappear. You can take off for a couple months and come back. And that's a way to start. Then you could start kind of a consistent touring schedule. 
and people kind of expect you to come back. You could start hitting places over and over yeah, and building yeah. that fan base. So I think a lot of bands will, they'll maybe go out, you know, if you're from Winnipeg especially, you go out to Vancouver and back. That's yeah. a very common touring and place. And that's, that's a long distance. I mean, that's a travel. It's hard, like, yeah, and you yeah. probably don't know a lot of places. So you probably do it in, you know, where people can't get a lot of time off work. You probably do it in a week. So you're yeah. doing like Winnipeg, Calgary, Vancouver, Edmonton, Regina, home. and then rushing back. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. all you do is drive, and you probably hate it because driving isn't that much fun. It's okay, yeah. but that isn't the fun part of tour. You're probably gonna lose money because it's a fortune for gas these yeah, days. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then maybe you'll do that once a year, and it's tough to really develop a fan base if you're doing it there. But sure. someone like me, I'm hitting all almost every place I play. I play twice a year. Okay. And that's huge. That's yeah. That's ma- yeah. That's massive. Yeah. Such a such a good way to like. Keep that fan base, keep in touch. And after you finish that show, you're pretty much already booking the next one. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. you're always in touch with yeah. those people. And so the name recognition just keeps building because you're always there. Yeah, yeah like yeah. anyone who's ever tried to book a tour is listening to this. You probably know that your contacts go stale. Right. You know, someone does you a show. If you don't make it back to Vancouver within a couple of years. It'll be a new guy running things. New yeah. person. Yeah, yeah, like exactly. You'll, you'll lose your contacts. And that's another important thing of why I've always tried to keep it going. Why I've always tried to like, when's the next tour going to happen? Yeah, yeah. When you're always active, people notice and people people are supportive. And they'll, yeah. they'll help you. If you're not, people start to forget. Or,
have you ever considered, I mean, just because of your touring experience, have you ever considered like, I don't know, hosting a seminar or something like for bands? I mean, just because I think a lot of bands do encounter those problems. Or, yeah. You know, they, they, they're all excited. They got a record out. They want to tour. And then, you know, two of the members can't get off work or, or they, they go to Regina and hate each other and burn out. Like, and the van breaks down. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then they cost them way more than, you know, and like as someone who's experienced all of that multiple times. Yeah, right? like what, what did that band Pup say? Like, if this tour doesn't kill you, I will. Right, like, yeah, yeah, right, right, right. Which right. like, uh, yeah, I mean, we've been there. Like, it's, as much as me and, and the guys in, in High Five Drive got along, it wasn't always smiles. Sure. Like, you know, you're in a van with the each other for months at a time yeah. like our our first year of tour was like 40 days in a row and we had never really been away that long yeah we did a week of shows before and a week of shows after like it was a really really long tour yeah. i would love to do something like that i don't know if anyone out there is listening who is like i, I don't know either but yeah i'm gonna get an email of like a tour seminar but yeah yeah i'd love to i've i mean helping people is why i'm here like i've always said like diy or i've started saying i should have said DIY, that's not what it is. It's DIT, do it together. Okay. Because yeah, I like that, yeah. Without all my friends, I'm nothing. Oh, yeah. Without yeah, all my yeah. friends, I'm a weirdo in a van <laughs> that is begging for shows sure. at shitty bars. With my friends, I'm playing houses, cool venues, with awesome bands yeah. that make sure some of their friends come out. Yeah, that's. I think that's a good point. I think for any creative project, that's the thing. I mean, yeah, yeah you're doing it yourself, but if you don't have that support group, it's not going to go very far. Exactly. Or it's not, or no one's going to hear it or read it or see it or whatever. It's just going to be buried, and that's that's that sucks, right? Yeah, and I th I think that's the thing, and it breaks my heart. Ever so often, there'll be a show where a band needs to sneak on, and it's like six bands already. Three of them are touring. Like, yeah, there's no way we can really make it happen. But that, my heart goes out to them because I've been there so many times you're trying to find a show. You finally find a show yeah. that's in your genre. There's like three bands on it and they're like, no, there's no room. Yeah, yeah. You're even like, I will play for free. Just let me sell some merch. Even just let me, I won't even sell merch. Like, yeah, yeah. I need to make a contact in this city because next time I come through, I need something better than, than nothing. Yeah, than busking. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And I get it too. I get when, well, we worked hard to set up this show. And, you know, we want enough time that everyone gets to play. So I'm not trying to trying to play it from both angles. I sure. see where they're coming from, too. But, sure. but, I mean, giving back, right, that's that's such a key key part because I've taken so much and so many people have helped me. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's, that's I mean, and I think you, I mean, not, not that not that we're going to set up a seminar here or anything, but, like, we I, could, I, yeah. we could. I don't know, I think that, like, a lot of, uh, I think a lot of bands, be, and I'm be, I'm be, I might be wrong about this, but I get the impression that because of the internet, because you can do so much stuff for yourself now, whether it's recording, whether it's, promoting yourself whether it's doing social media all that people can just kind of learn on the fly i think a lot of people get burnt out on that stuff because they don't know how to do it i think yeah. people will just jump into it and i don't think it's a bad thing they just think oh I, I can book a tour you know and then it doesn't work out the way they planned it or, or they realize it's harder than it than it was or even recording you know oh, i got some program on my laptop i'm gonna do it and then it sounds like shit like i've, I've recorded stuff that's terrible and like i shouldn't be recording anybody but <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, yeah. And so I don't know. I think there's there's benefit to having someone like you around, who's done all this like so many times and has seen the the shitty times and the good times and is still putting out like good stuff too, right? Like, yeah, I, I love when people ask me about touring, especially about places like Ukraine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Some gnarlier places where, in a lot of ways, like I didn't know anyone who had toured there before we did. Yeah. I feel we kind of broke the ice at least in every, my friend group. Yeah, sure. And having learned of that, like some of the mistakes we made and stuff, like so that other people don't have to necessarily make them. Yeah. So I, I think like, I know we're all standing on the shoulders of giants, right? Like yeah. the scene was here long before I was born. And it'll, it'll be, be here long after long you're gone after. too. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, it's it's changed, it's 
a lot of things have morphed. The venues have changed. At yeah. the same time, I still see the same people, right? I see the same hearts that, are, that have been there since the start. Yeah. Of like, like the amount of times that like literally tears in my eyes where we play a show, there's like a hundred bucks at the door. Not even one band considers taking any. It is like, this is for the touring act. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I've tried to bring that too of whenever I do a show to be like, look, if you need to get paid, I will pay you, you know, out of my pocket. Yeah, yeah. All this door money needs to go to this touring act. And if you don't understand why, I'll never be able to explain it to you unless yeah. you've been there. Yeah. And, you know, like we get a payday if you're assuming you're working every two weeks. Maybe, maybe music is your job. I don't know. Maybe not. But these bands that are on the road right now, like that is what they're doing right now. Yeah. Even if they have a job to go home to, that is their payday. And that's the current my, job for our no guarantee. Is, yeah. There's another one coming up. Right? Yeah. Well, especially playing punk rock too. Like, I mean, there's, there's definitely no guarantee. It's gonna yeah, happen. exactly. Yeah. Like it's the scene is still, it's not like it was in the nineties when no. it was, you know, really big or the seventies or whatever. It's definitely eroded, but it's kind of got like a neat little spot now. Like I really appreciate these small little shows. Yeah. Doing a festival like uh, the Fest, put on by No Idea Records and Games. Well, that, those lineups are always insane. On the yeah, and yeah. it's very, very well known. But it's like ten thousand people showing up. That's not that big. Anyone who's been to Warp Tour, sure, like, Warp Tour is way crazier. Warp Tour is yeah. way bigger than yeah. that, and it happens every day in the summer. This is once yeah. a year, and the people who go are people who, who like love this music like I do. Like you yeah. feel like you're coming home. You feel like for. You know, a weekend, you are hanging out with all your best friends, sure. even if you've never met them in your sure. life. Sure, because you share that bond of being touring bands. You probably grew up on some of the same records, and there's, yeah, you can make a connection, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What do you think is, I don't know if I've asked you this before, but I know I've asked other people who you've played with. I mean, I'm sure I've asked Steve-O this before, but like, what do you think is the uh, kind of ongoing appeal of the kind of punk rock that, that, that we all grew up listening to? Like, what... Why does it still work? Because it does, right? I mean, yeah. you put on some of those records from the '90s, and they still sound good. Like they, they, they haven't—they've aged, but they haven't. You know what I mean? Like I can't figure out what it is. I don't know if it's just just pure nostalgia, or if there's something about them that just kind of like—it's probably a bit of everything. Yeah, I yeah. think you're you're kind of right about everything. Like nostalgia is a thing. Like when you hear something at that age and you're you're late, teens, it gets imprinted in your head. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's something that you're is going to leave an impression for your whole life. Like, sure. So many people, like how many people in the 2000s and still have the mullet from the sure, 80s because sure. that was like that was the look when they were as cool as they yeah, could yeah, be yeah yeah or the big feathered hair and stuff yeah, or whatever yeah. yeah yeah exactly so that is definitely a component but I think what drew me to the punk scene was accessibility yeah where this is something I can be a part of like you go to an arena show yeah of course you're a part of it I don't want to say if you're you in the crowd yeah see your favorite artist that, that you're not but you're probably not putting on that show. No. You're probably not, like, working. Whereas the punks, like, there's a very good chance you could have put on your favorite band. Absolutely, yeah. Because they probably aren't that big and probably yeah. need the help kind of and thing. And you, your band could open for your favorite band. Exactly. your Which, band that no one's heard before, there's a spot for them because you're putting on the show or your yeah. friend's putting on the show. Or, yeah, yeah. Which I thought was so cool. And then on top of that, I always felt this scene needed me. I always felt okay. like, if I'm not doing this, this scene might go away. Sure, Because yeah, yeah, there's not yeah. that much of us in it. Like, some of the bigger bands that I was going to see that I was like, oh my God, like, No Use for a Name in the yeah. 90s was such a big band. They were playing the West End for, what did the West End fit? Like 500 or something, 300? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like it wasn't a lot, yeah. 500, like, not tons of people when you consider that any arena show is like 10,000 people. Sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, those bands were huge back then to exactly, us. Right? It seemed like, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So at the same time, even though I thought it was big, it really wasn't that big. Yeah, like, yeah. It really did need the support of us, and we had to keep... So those two things are really what drew me kind of to the punk scene. Yeah. And the music, of course. Like, 
I used to be, I was kind of into Nirvana, right? Yep. I kind of went, I was into rap when I was a really little okay, kid. Okay. And then I had a bit of a techno phase. Okay. And then I kind of got into like when Pearl Jam yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and Green Day and all those bands started happening. Yeah, oh, me too, yeah. I was kind of into that. And then once all this punk started happening, it was like, this is like Nirvana, but it's fun. Like this isn't songs right. about being a bummer. This right, you, is you like want to kill yourself when you listen to it. Yeah, yeah, Fun yeah. stuff. Yeah. yeah, and it's same three chords. It's totally. like that. That's another thing too. We we're talking about accessibility. If you pick up a guitar and you know you practice for a couple of weeks, you could probably totally fumble your way through one punk song. Or you could do a Ramones if, cover. Yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah, yeah. and that was another thing I thought is so cool about it because before really discovering the punk scene, music just seemed unattainable. Absolutely, yeah. I played piano as a kid. I sucked. I was yeah. never good. Like yeah. I'm never going to be anything musical. And then getting a guitar, starting to learn some of these, you know, punk songs or writing my own. Yeah, yeah. Like, wow, like, this is not really that hard, yeah. actually. Well, I remember going to Corefest in, like, the, I don't know what year it was, in the 90s. And yeah. Not, at that point, having been interested in, in music, but, and I was like, oh, there's a local festival. Me and a friend went. And it was like, oh, these guys are not that much older than us. They have bands. We can start a band. And, like, that kind of thing, I think, is punk rock really has going for it. Because yeah. you go to see some, some psychedelic, like, nothing against that stuff, but, like, some prog band or whatever. And, you know, these are people who practice every day for 17 hours a day. And they're doing, like, you know, insane solos. And, uh, you know, I could play for 30 years and couldn't do that, right? Yeah, so, yeah exactly, yeah. exactly. Yeah, I, I think that, too. And I think a lot of the bands that have come through, I mean, there are dicks in any scene. Sure there, there are yeah. dicks anywhere. Yeah. But so many of those bands were kind of like-minded, where they're generous and yep. they're super nice people, and the lack of ego, right? Like yeah. they're they are on the same level. Like so many of those bands I looked up to, I always think of Russ Rankin from Good Riddance. Sure. Like the show was happening, and he's there, like next to us, watching the opening. Yeah, bands yeah, yeah, yeah. That like, was so cool. Yeah, that's yeah, so cool. Like you're not just in the back room, like you know, on your being laptop a rock star, yeah, or whatever yeah. the hell you do, or like at the hotel, yeah. Waiting for for the showtime, and then just play and leave, right? You're that extra. They're around, yeah. Yeah, you well, want to be part of it. Too. I think it's because they recognize themselves in the younger kids who are going to the shows, right? So mm. they're like, they remember doing that, and it's like this is just how it works. Yeah.
what do you think is the kind of, um, I mean, I know we just talked about earlier about you doing this when you're 60, but what is the end game for the Greg Rikas project? Like, I mean, I, I do you mean, want to continually release albums on like a regular basis and just keep going and going? Or? Yeah, like I, I'm kind of, lately I've been on somewhat of the three-year cycle where okay. I put out an album and then I have two years of, of touring yeah, when yeah. doing over 150 shows a year. And then the last year I take it pretty easy. Like I, this year was the take it easy year. I did like a January tour out West. I went to Hawaii, which was amazing. Played some shows there. And then East, I just did kind of some places where I I have good friends there. I know I'm going to do okay. And then shut it down to just focus on work, saving and writing the new record. So every three years, so to think, okay, 2020. So another record, maybe 2023 or 2024. Another record, maybe twenty twenty eight. Yeah, you know, like that's a decent pace too. You can, like, yeah, you know, conceivably do that without to keep it out. going. Yeah. But again, I think like what where it would end is that tour I book where nobody comes. Yeah, that record I put out where nobody cares about it anymore. There would be a point where, in the future, maybe music isn't even going to be a thing. Like that's another thing we kind of take for granted. Sure. When you think like, I guess music has always been around in some capacity, but the music scene—it's very different. Yeah. Exactly. Like you know, kind of popular bands playing concerts. Like, I don't know when that really start, like the 50s or kind of thing. Like, I mean, I'm sure there's been... Well, there was like orchestras and stuff Orchestra right? stuff yeah, yeah. like that. Yeah. But kind of where it's a music scene, where it's a band and you're into the band, you yeah. know their songs. It's not just famous songs that everybody kind of knows. Yeah, it's not just plays. some singer coming out and playing all the standards, right? Yeah, Exactly. Yeah. So that isn't really that old. No. And will it go away one day? Like... I don't know. I, I try to think of the future because I notice at my shows, it's not a lot of younger people. Yeah. A lot of people are just like me. Like, they're around the same age and, like, I still like this music. And yeah. A lot of people or they've re- seen you over the years and they want to come back. Right? Exactly. Yeah. They respect what I'm doing and we, and we become friends, too. So many sure. people that come to see me are literally, like, they come and we catch up about stuff. Yeah, yeah. You know, they've, yeah. we've kind of made a friendship just because I keep coming around and they've <laughs> nice enough they keep to coming keep to see you. Yeah. to see me. Yeah. So, so I think that's so cool, but... I mean, at some point, I don't know if they like life gets in the way. It's harder and harder to get people to come out, yeah. kind of thing. Like, will there be one day where no one's there? And that would probably be the day where, like, I had a good run. Yeah. You know, I I had super fun, good times doing this, and yeah, you know, time maybe time to retire. That's when I, I. Well, then I, what do you do though? Well, I like my I mean, retirement plan. I I love Tecate, Mexico, which okay. is um, if you go to Tijuana and you keep following the number two. Eventually, we'll be in Takati. Okay. It's such a neat little town, and I have really cool friends there. And I'd love to just be, like, you know, the weirdo, like, white dude. Yeah, yeah. Who, like, is as tanned as you can possibly get if you're a white right, person. Right, right. Probably burned. <laughs> and just lives in a crappy trailer in Takati. Okay. And, like, ever so often, like, once a day goes to the beach. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. Just hangs that out. That doesn't sound bad. That sounds yeah. like a pretty decent Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know if my, my partner, I don't know how keen she is on that. Right, right. We've kind of talked about it. And she is, like, as long as there's water within, like, walking distance... She would be okay with it too. That's so, not bad, yeah. so maybe we got to be in in Tijuana. Right, <laughs> right, right. But Mexico, yeah. Mexico exactly. is the end game. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. Um, so the album is coming out Wednesday, which is probably the day this this podcast is coming out. If you're listening, you know the day it gets released. Mm. Uh, where can people find it other than the show? Uh, so Band uh, Camp is the the first and foremost easiest way to get it. Yeah, that's how most people seem to buy my stuff. Uh, it's also on Spotify. If you're a Spotify user or right. Apple Music, you could just stream it there. And I think every time you stream the album, I get like one twentieth of a cent something or something. Like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and 
Uh, and then it will also, um, it'll be in stores, like I, Into the Music, I'm sure we'll take a cool. copy if cool. you want a physical copy. Um, I'm not going to do physical sales online. Honest, I am just, I tour too much, I'm not organized enough to be mailing stuff around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, however, having said that, there's a label in the UK called A Real Records, okay. run by my friend Ian, and he does online sales. Oh, cool. And usually, there's another label in Italy, we've been kind of working together forever, called No Reason. Right. They'll probably take some, and they'll probably have it online, too. So That is do, cool, yeah. If you do really want the physical copy, it will be out there. But I think the best way, if you like it and you want to give me some money, Bandcamp's probably the best okay. way to do it. Are all of the other albums still in print? Like, do you still have physical copies of those floating around? Or is uh, it... Almost. Yeah. So, uh, Dude Abides, the first one, yep. is out of print. And I was considering, like, 2011 is when it came out. Okay. So, 2021 would be a 10th yeah, year anniversary. Cool, yeah. So, yeah. I mean, I guess it depends how good this one sells, if I can afford, afford to press sure. any. Yeah. But to do a limited run might be neat. That one's sold out. Punkoustic, the CDs are sold out, but I just did vinyl. And I cool. have, actually, if you look behind you, you'll see boxes that say fragile. Oh, nice. Yeah, so I, I have quite a few of those still. Uh, Sibling Cities, I have like 10 or something. I'm almost sold out of That's that. That's pretty good, yeah, yeah. I probably won't repress that one. So once it's sold, it'll probably just be done. And then, um, of course, the new record, Death and Taxes. Cool, cool. Yeah, and then um, obviously you're going to be on tour. Mm. Like as we've been talking about the whole time, that's kind of what you do, right? So where where are you going first after the after the so show? for this one, this is kind of my January route. I kind of work my way through Saskatchewan, through Alberta, BC, all the way to the island, okay. and then head south down the coast. And I usually do a few in Washington, cool. Portland. I picked up one in Medford. Actually, I got I a know kind that, of a, where that uh, is. Where, where's Medford? Medford? It's in uh, Oregon still. Okay. It's right okay. where Oregon meets uh, California. Uh, last time I played a hippie commune where it's like no drinking, you can't sell merch. You, wow. It was just like as as granola as yeah, it got. Yeah. It was fun. They were super nice. But this time it's a bar with like some punk bands. And one of the dudes is from Fargo where I played a bunch. Okay, cool. He kind of heard I was coming and like pretty much took the reins on the show That's and awesome, set it yeah. all up. And then I uh, worked my way through uh, Reno, California, all the way to San Diego. Beeline it back. I'm home to work at the Festival du Voyageur. Cool. Which kind of will float me, like, the bills that I need to, yeah, to yeah. pay will float me through the springtime. Are you doing time. sound there? I am, yeah. yeah. Cool. And then uh, I work my way through the States with my good friend Tim Holhouse. Oh, I forgot to mention that. Uh, local artist Grotoko is going yeah. on uh, the tour. Oh, okay. No, yeah. it's not just the local show. They're going, yeah. Yeah, cool. yeah, yeah, which which is awesome. Cool, I think yeah. she rules. I love the record. Yeah. And uh, what kind of really, really sold me, like, she was into the Fargo scene, right? She was going out there and hanging out there, which I thought was cool. Yeah. And then she had said she went to Montreal and basically just played music on the street for, like, a year and lived there for, like, a year or something cool. just playing music. So after hearing that, like, this is def definitely someone who can hack the road. Yeah, yeah, Because sure. it's always a worry of you take someone out and they're just not used to being away from home yeah. and then on top of it you're kind of in the van a lot you're sleeping on people's floors like yeah. some people just can't handle it you're always in front of people they're always on you never have that downtime yeah there's no alone time right yeah exactly and you I mean you find little moments here and there but for the most part like you're always got to be turned on and some people that's just not who yeah, they just are can't handle it, yeah I don't think I could do it yeah, Honestly, yeah, yeah. the farthest I toured, toured was Brandon yeah but <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, yeah, yeah. That's still something. It's still something. Yeah, Brandon Portage, I played there, so that counts, right? Yeah, those were fun shows, <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, the, yeah. The those West were good. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that place is gone, going now, eh? Yeah. Yeah, it's too bad. Yeah, I, I guess you see that a lot, though. The venues yeah. closing, and yeah, definitely. Like, the the forty has been. It's cool. They've been doing 
kind of non-cover band stuff. Okay. Because they have this giant, awesome PA in this huge room. And yeah. Like, even if 10 people show up, it's better than nothing. So I've been playing there lately. But cool. Yeah, Brandon was hard for a while. There was this room called the Elephant Room. Okay, yeah. But yeah, it was for students. That, yeah. So there was this weird thing about getting people into the show at, at some time. Yeah. Like the door was locked. And and they really like metal out there, too. Yeah. It's a metal town, eh? Definitely. Yeah. And country, I guess. But yeah. Yeah, but uh, there's still a bit of a punk scene. And yeah. Again, it's like buds come out, right? Friends who have been seeing me forever. Yeah, right? yeah. Especially yeah. once you have a new record, they're kind of... It's, see, a, like, it's a reason to come. A over. bunch yeah. more people come because there's a new record, and then it kind of slowly gets yeah. old. And... Yeah, and then the next time, yeah, get it exactly. Again. So if I'm assuming most people listening to the show know who you are and have heard you before, just because of your longevity here in the local music scene. But if they haven't, what's the best way to find out more about you? Where you're playing shows? Hear some music. Uh, so I've I have a dot com that has all the tour dates on it. So if if you're someone not in Winnipeg listening to this, that would be the best way to figure okay. out when I'm coming. Uh, I also like we mentioned have a band camp and a Facebook tour yeah. dates are on there also. Okay. And there you can also write me through, obviously, Facebook. Yeah, and yeah. I will respond if anyone has any questions about touring. Or cool. if you're trying to set up a tour and you need some contacts or whatever, right? The same, like, helping out each yeah, other yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. Um, so I'd say those are probably the, the best ways starting there. I think if you Google me, like, there's a bunch of stuff out there. Yeah. I've been really, really lucky that I work with a really great publicist. That's the only other person I book myself, manage myself, fund myself. Yeah. Um, I, that's not true. Manitoba Film and Music has also been very sure, supportive. Sure. I got to give them a shout out. But um, that's the only other person I work with, kind of on a somewhat uh, professional level. Okay. And um, so my internet presence has definitely gone up a few steps lately. And yeah, yeah. Another thing is that, like, kind of just to not to change the subject, yeah, no, but no, cool. Spotify playlists. Yeah. This yeah. is something that I'm kind of new to. Like, I don't use Spotify, but I've heard about this. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah like I'm, I'm old too. I, yeah. I'm, and I'm getting there. I want to get a Spotify because I listen to it sometimes, and all the ads kind of bum me out, and I kind of just get frustrated with yeah. it and turn it off. But to get a premium account, like I think it's eight dollars a month, which okay. seems reasonable. Doesn't to seem me. bad. Yeah, yeah. And um, getting me getting on a bunch of playlists has shot my listens up. Like, I was getting, like, you know, maybe 100 listens a month. Yeah, yeah. And I got on this playlist. All of a sudden, in that month, there was, like, 40,000 listens or oh, something. Oh, wow, that's it was awesome. insane, yeah. 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 So that's, that's another huge thing. And just if you Google me, you'll find something about me. And well, I see a lot of bands kind of asking their list, their fans to put them on playlists. Yeah. Because obviously that's how it works now. I'm under the loop. with I just listen to physical media. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I don't exactly. Know, but, well, but I'm yeah, trying. Yeah. I'm trying yeah, to not yeah, be yeah. the old fart all the time. I'm just, uh, I've accepted it. It's, <laughs> half the time, I'm like some of the people I interview on the show are closer in age to my kids than they are to me. So yeah. it's, it's good, it's good. I, I'm okay with it. But yeah, no, people should check out the show. Uh, you want to give the details of the show again? Yeah, yeah, so Grotoko is playing. I'm playing. Yeah. It's at uh, Sucrem's Brewery. Okay. Uh, which is just off Peminent near Confusion Corner. Okay, Google yeah, yeah, it. Yeah. That is the best way. Use the computer phone. Google it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And you will find it. Cool. Um, goes down at 8.30. There's no cover. Um, That's cool. That yeah, cool. exactly. I've got amazing beers there. They have, uh, I think they're called Trinidadian Doubles or something. Okay, yeah, yeah. I, I can't remember what's in them. It's like potato-based. Yeah, doubles are delicious, yeah. So I, I've good. never been there, but I mean, doubles in general. Bring your great. appetite. They're amazing. Yeah, and yeah. of course, like, they make their own beer. There is... Uh, it's it's a brew pub. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. Uh, and the person who runs it, Andrew, is awesome. Cool. He is someone who, like, he is exactly where he needs to be. I don't think I've seen anyone so happy to be running their business like cool. he is. Cool, 
And then, yeah, people who want to uh, listen to more episodes of this show should go to witchpolice.com. All of the previous 400 and whatever episodes are there for free download and streaming, including your past appearances and like some of the other people we've talked about on the show here. Yeah. And uh, you can also tune in on Sundays at midnight on 101.5 UMFM. And those are older episodes that get a bit of a boost uh, a few months after they come out in podcast form. So by the time this airs, you'll already be on tour, I'm sure. But, I mean, you know, someone who maybe is being introduced to you for the first time will hear it. They can just go on their computer or phone <laughs> and just buy the record or get your .227 cents from Spotify or whatever. Yeah, yeah, Let's yeah. yeah, fingers crossed for that. Yeah, hopefully they go for the Bandcamp, bro. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> Either one yeah, is fine. Yeah. Right on. Well, yeah, I'm uh, looking forward to uh, hearing more of the, the album. And, yeah, thanks for yeah. having me here. Thanks so much for having me, man. It's always awesome being on the podcast. I appreciate right it. Cause I am God